When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is New York Game Day, presented by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Infinity, discover more about the luxury and performance of an Xfinity QX60 crossover at XfinityUSA.com or visit your local Infinity dealer today. And by the engagement experts at London Jewelers. Visit them at any of their seven locations, including Short Hills, or shop online at LondonJewelers.com. Welcome back to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Alongside me is Mike Tannenbaum, and I'm Amani Toomer. Mike, uh, you look at this Giants season, and things are going pretty, you know, they've gone sideways. Uh, what do you think about uh, the future and how promising it's looking um, with some of the players like Tommy DeVito, who's you know, seems to be emerging as a, a viable quarterback? Well, I, th- I think you'd see him as a viable backup quarterback. Um, you know, I think for the Giants, it's, it's all going to come down to, um, you know, how they attack the quarterback position in the offseason. I'm just hard-pressed to think they could come back with Daniel Jones just given all of his injuries and his production. So, to me, if I'm them, I'm looking for a quarterback and, you know, probably taking one in the top five. Uh, well, you know, you know, we might know the answer to this is Jordan Renan. And uh, up now is the Jordan Renan Report brought to you by Sanson Auto Mall. Top 10 brands, over 2,000 vehicles, all in one place. Samsung Auto Mall in Woodbridge. Uh, Jordan, this season has kind of come off the rails, but there was a, bre- a breath of hope. Uh, last weekend as Tommy DeVito throws three touchdowns and they go down to Washington and beat the Commanders. Uh, how much did this team need that type of performance to come out and uh, to, to, to just to let Tommy DeVito and let the fans know that this team is still out there and they're still putting forth a great effort? Yeah, I think it was important for that. I think it's also important for them to know like it's affirmation that you know, they can do some things with Tommy DeVito. And, you know, like they, they're down two quarterbacks, that their offense can move the ball, they can do some things. It, it's not just a total lost cause at this point. So I think it was good for them from that perspective to see it. And even after the game, Bobby Okereke said something that, that kind of caught my attention. And it was something along the lines, I'm paraphrasing, about how, you know, when you see that on the other side, it allows you then to know that, hey, if you give something up, they're going to get it back, right? And it made me think that, in a way, the Giants' defense was thinking they were in a spot where their offense has been so bad this year and struggled so so much that the defense has been like, man, if we give up anything, we're screwed. And I think that – so when they see that, even the defense sees that and sees that kind of effort – and that performance from Tommy DeVito in the offense, it helps the defense as well. What do you expect from him today going against, uh, look, New England's been disappointing, Jordan, but they still play good defense. 
Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of the same kind of stuff. The Giants aren't just going to go out there and sling the ball around and open it up and say, go out, you know, Tommy, go back there and throw the ball 35, 40 times. Like that's, that's not going to be the game plan. They're still going to, you know, try to limit uh, the, I shouldn't say opportunities, but like really narrow uh, what they're asking Tommy DeVito to do, right? They're, they're not just going to, ask him to do what they probably would ask Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor to do. Uh, still get him out of the pocket, you know, get him some easy throws, uh, which you saw last week. I mean, granted, this is not the same secondary that they saw last week. That Washington back end has been horrible all year, and the, you saw the Giants exploit that. Um, but you also, those, was it nine sacks? Nine Eight sacks. sacks? Nine sacks, yeah. I mean, a lot of those were on DeVito. Like, one of them was even a screen pass. Like, you, you just, so they don't want him to go back there and sit there and have to figure out what Bill Belichick is calling because you know that they're going to do a lot of things to confuse him. I think it's going to be, again, simplify a lot of Saquon Barkley, run the offense through Saquon Barkley, have Tommy DeVito be that supplemental player, uh, and hopefully have somewhat of the same success they had last week. Although, it's going to be hard to replicate because, like you said, this is a much better defense. You're talking about the sacks, and you said some of them were on Tommy DeVito, but this is a team that's probably been sacked more uh, than one of the top teams in terms of giving up sacks to opposing uh, players. Yeah. We all know that the offensive line is struggling. Uh, how can you attribute all of it? I mean, you can't. Uh, Tommy DeVito wasn't there the entire season. Tommy DeVito didn't, wasn't there when Daniel Jones was getting beat up. Is it why are they giving up so many sacks? I think, look, let me say this. And I say this, it doesn't mean their line is good, right? But their line is in the best shape now than it's been at any point this year because now you have Andrew Thomas at left tackle healthy. Well, semi-healthy, right? He's dealing with, with a knee problem. But he's on the field, he's playing. And that allows Justin Pugh to play left guard, Ben Bredesen, is that right guard now that John Michael Smith is back at center. And then Tyree Phillips has done a fair job as a fill-in right tackle for Evan Neal, but you can make the argument he's been better than Evan Neal. So I will say, and if you go back and look at that game and look at some of the pockets that Tommy DeVito had, I actually don't think they did struggle that badly in the game. Uh, they played pretty well. I know you look at the nine sacks. A lot of it, I'm telling you, when you go back and look at those sacks, is Tommy DeVito holding the ball too long or not seeing something that, that you know, that the, the opposing defense was bringing at him? Um, and also because he didn't want to make mistakes. So he's not, so he was being extra cautious in regards to, all right, let's not throw a uh, pass into a tight window when we don't need to here. Took a couple sacks that he probably shouldn't. So maybe like, I think it was out of the nine, you could probably attribute three, maybe four the offensive line so I don't think it was that poor performance for them by the way like you said this is a line that has given up more sacks than any offensive line in the NFL this season uh, I think they're getting better and they're in better shape uh, it's up to the quarterback now to help them out a little as well Hey Jordan going to the uh, other side of the ball obviously the big story this week is you know Coach Belichick not saying who the quarterback's going to be we know it's not Will Greer they, they released him yeah. sounds like it, it could be uh, Mac Jones here, but um, just kind of 
take us through the Giants' mindset preparing today and what Don Martindale was doing to get ready for you know multiple quarterbacks. Yeah, I think the Giants pretty much spent the week preparing for both guys, right? Looking at tape. There's tape out there on both of them, uh, Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. So I think they, they, they really they didn't know. I mean, when you ask around the locker room this week, they're like, we, you know, we don't know. We have to prepare for both of them. So I, I, I guess uh, the Patriots, by not naming a starter, do have the Giants doing some extra work this week. And uh, it sounds like Mac Jones is going to get the first shot there. But even if he does, there's a good chance that if Mac Jones struggles at any point, that they go to Bailey Zappi, right? So I think they had to prepare for both guys throughout this week, and that, that's kind of the approach that they took because even if one starts, there's a good chance the other one gets in the game. Yeah, Darius Slayton uh, was banged up last week. Uh, what's the latest on him? Uh, do you know if he's active and active yet? Yeah, he is doubtful for this game. Um, but there was a chance that he played. He he wasn't supposed to be on the field Friday for practice. And then when we got out there, Brian Devil's like, he's feeling better. He's out there. You know, he's doing something. So I think that left the, the door open. But with him and Dexter Lawrence as well, I mean, that's a big one. I, I kind of don't expect either of them to play. They have a bye week this week. Uh, next week, I'm sorry. So does it really make sense to have them go out there or give them then the extra week. I mean, they're three and eight. Are you really going to push Darius Lee and Dexter Lawrence out there in this game when clearly they're not going to be 100% and they got very little practice time this week? So I would lean towards no on both of those players at this point. Maybe something changes, but I'd be surprised if Slayton or Dexter Lawrence plays. And obviously, those are – you can say what you want about Darius Slayton. He's their leading receiver. And Dexter Lawrence is their best defensive player, so those are big losses. And where, where do you think they're going to go like towards the end of the year here? Like, Obviously, everything's going to be about trying to win as many games as possible, but do you think others in the organization are trying to say, like, hey, you know, a couple more losses here, and that helps us with you know, Caleb Williams or Drake May? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that they're going to be – looking at it that way. I think they might be looking at, okay, let's do, let's evaluate some of these younger players that we have here, which then in effect might help you, you know, get closer to Drake May or, or Caleb Williams. Uh, you know, like a decision is going to have to be made on Tommy DeVito and Tyrod Taylor, right? Um, if Tommy DeVito plays well in this game, though, it's pretty easy just to sort of stick with him. If he doesn't and Tyrod Taylor is healthy and he's able to come back, it's hard, I think, for the Giants to then not play him. And then Brian's able to be there, stand at the front of the locker room and explain that to the other guys that are looking around like, hey, what are we doing here? Why am I going out there and busting my ass? And, you know, we're not doing everything to win. So uh, I think they'll, they'll take the bye week to sort of reassess and evaluate and see where they're at. They could also slow play the Tyrod Taylor thing. Hey, let's get him a couple weeks of practice back. You know, as we move forward here off the bye, get some more Tommy DeVito games out there. They play Monday night against Green Bay. Uh, that looks like game that looks like it's it's going to stick in Monday night uh, after the bye week. So, uh, I, I think that's the approach they take. I don't think they look at it like the fans and they're going to be like, we need to get Drake May and Caleb Williams and do everything we can at all costs to get there. It's, not the way it works inside the building. 
No, you want to do everything you can do as a player to make sure that your friend, who if you, you know, is, uh, the quarterback, you know, sticks around because usually when you get in those top couple picks, it's just it is what it is, and they have to pick the best player. But but thanks a lot, Jordan. That was uh, uh, for your insight and in letting us know what's going to go on later on today. All right, enjoy, guys. Over under of this game is thirty three and a half. You know why that's special? Why's that? It is the lowest over-under of the entire season in the NFL. Enjoy, fellas. Thanks. Thanks, wow. Jordan. Well, I mean, the Giants only scored 13 points a game. That makes, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but that's the Jordan Renan Report brought to you by Sansun Auto Mall. Uh, make your best deal right now at Samsung Auto Mall and tell them Bart Scott sent you, and they'll take off a cool G. $1,000 off your bet, uh, off your best deal. Uh, call 1-800-SANSON today. And uh, right now we're going to throw things, I'm going to hand things off to Anita who spoke with Patriots reporter for ESPN, Mike Reese. Uh, and I'm going to lead it off with the first question. Uh, Mike, what, did you th- what do you think about this season so far for our New England Patriots? It surprised everyone. Um, I was talking to players in the locker room this week, and even they were saying, geez, we didn't even think it. We didn't think this was possible. They rank 31st in the league in points scored. They're averaging 14.1 points per game. And and when something like that happens, I would say it's it's never one thing. It's usually a combination of things. And if I had to sort of boil it down, I mean, Mac has obviously regressed. That's a big part of it. Um, and then I think the offensive line is probably the biggest part of it, in my view. They've played seven uh, different starting configurations in 10 weeks. And even if they played one, Anita, you know, I'm not sure that the talent level, um, you know, is is necessarily where it, it needs to be. And then the pass catchers, you know, it's it's one of the NFL's more underwhelming group of uh, groups of pass catchers. And their best one, Kendrick Bourne, has been out since tearing his ACL about a month ago. I'm sure it's got to be difficult as well that he's, you know, constantly looking over his his shoulder with Zappy back there, wacky for Zappy, whatever. You know, like everybody thinks, like when a quarterback's struggling, oh, bring in the backup. You know, he he'll he'll do better. So, and and we have seen periods, right, of, of you know where. Mac has been benched in the course of a game and he's applauding Zappy. He's there. He's trying to help him. He's, you know, obviously the main objective for him is, is to help this team win regardless of if he's on the field or not. But I, I, I want, I, I imagine that that has to be playing on his psyche and his confidence, confidence levels. Well, Mike, right. Well, I would say the psyche for sure. Anita, I mean, this goes back to, you remember last year, Monday night football, Chicago bears, Mac comes back from the high ankle sprain and doesn't play well. Uh, intercepted. They put Zappy in. Zappy leads them to two quick touchdowns. And the crowd at Mac Jones' home stadium is chanting, Zappy, Zappy. I mean, so it goes back to last year. And then even this past game in Frankfurt, Germany, when he's benched again, Zappy comes in and the crowd's chanting, Zappy. I mean, I guess say, anyone put yourself in the. Sh- in Mac Jones's shoes in those situations, how could that not affect your psyche, right? And so I think that that 
that part of it, I, I would say, is psyche-wise. Confidence-wise, I think that comes more from his own performance, right? And, you know, I, I would say less from Zappy and more from, like, go go play better, more consistently. And I think Mac's confidence would be higher as a result of that. So, as we know, this is a Patriots team uh, sitting at 2-8. and eight, And um, we'll be up there, right? Um with a possibility of, of drafting a quarterback uh, this year. And, and there's quite a few good ones that are coming out. I love me some Drake May. Whoa. Um, I think that young man is extremely special. Uh, your, your thoughts on how you think the Patriots are, are going to handle the quarterback's position, you know, moving forward this year's draft. What, what do you think happens here? Well, so let's see where they end up picking, right? They got seven games left. I think they're either third or fourth right now in the order. Um, Mac, they got to make a decision on Mac's fifth-year option. I think it's in early May, and I would say the way things have unfolded, that's going to be a no. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that it, you know he wouldn't get a contract down the line, but it would mean that he would enter 2024 under contract to the Patriots for one more year. So if you're the Patriots and you're drafting, I think that means you absolutely do your due diligence on all the quarterbacks. I mean, I, I could see both sides of this. Like if they're convicted on a quarterback, by all means, like they, they pick them. And if they're not, there's nothing wrong with going with a offensive lineman after the struggles we've seen from the line this year to, to get, um you know, an anchor, if you will. Like to me, that's sort of, maybe not talked about enough among us around the league, like that the best teams seem to have the best offensive lines or a playmaking receiver, you know, like to me, like they lack that too. So when you're two and eight, you have a lot of needs. Those are the top three that would stand out to me right now. Yeah. Listen, um, <laughs> I, I look, look at Brock Purdy without Trent Williams do look like Mr. Irrelevant, right? Uh, they go into a bye. They've got two weeks to prepare. Trent Williams comes back. He gets Debo Samuel back. Everybody's, you know, um, claiming, you know, he, he's the next Joe Montana. So you're absolutely right. Um, it will be interesting to see what happens. Uh, one last question for you before I ask you about the, the matchup. And that is, you know, there's some talk and speculation that this could be the last year for Bill Belichick in New England. Um, are, are, are you feeling that, Mike? Well, I want to see how the rest of the season goes, Anita, because if it keeps going in the direction it's been going, I, I think it's um, it's a definitely something that I could I feel that it's possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't think we know that it's definitely going to happen or that it's definitely not going to happen. The way I envision it unfolding is, you know, see what see what the the next seven games looks like, and then as they always do, ownership. Robert Kraft, Jonathan Kraft will sit down with Bill Belichick after a season, assess why things unfolded the way they did and what the vision is to for the next year. And if they like what they hear, then come back for number 25. If they don't like what they hear, maybe there's a change, Anita. And I think it's probably that's probably the simplest way to say it. And you do it as we discuss it, as they ultimately discuss it. You do it with all the respect in the world for one of the best coaches that's ever done it in the NFL. And, and hopefully that is the case, whatever the end result is that, cause I, I do think Bill Belichick deserves that respect. 
Um, again, Mike Reese joining us here on 98.70 ESPN. Before we let you go, again, the Giants at home coming off a wave, beating the Commanders with DeVito, their third-string quarterback. Unbelievable. Um, yet the Patriots still favored on the road. Minus three and a half. The over-under is 34. How do you see this game playing out? Who wins? What's your game script? What do you, what do you see here? Well, so my game script is that the probably the best thing the Patriots have going offensively is their running game uh, with Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott. And as much as I talked about the struggles of the offensive line, pass protecting, they, they've, they've put it together a little bit as run blockers the last couple weeks. And you pair that up with the Giants showing some vulnerability maybe against the run. Um, so I see that as sort of the key matchup within the overall matchup. Can the Patriots get the run game going and ease the burden on whoever plays quarterback? Um, and you figure the Giants probably see it the same way. Say, what? why would we let them run? Let's devote our resources to that, see if they can beat us passing, which they haven't really shown the ability to do consistently this year. So that's sort of the way I see it. The over-under number is interesting, 34. That, that That's telling us low-scoring game. I don't know, Anita. Something tells me that maybe we see some points in this game. Maybe it gets to the 20s, but just a gut feeling. Mike, uh, always great having you on, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us. Really do appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy the game this week. Awesome, Anita. Thanks for having me. You got it. Uh, 800-919-3776. We'll get your calls next right here on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. Now it's time for the Ritz Media Report brought to you by London Jewelers. Rich, now Tim Boyle started. Did, did, the Giant, did the Jets get what they expected out of Tim Boyle? Well, 
Uh, first of all, congrats to you, Amani, and uh, big blue yesterday. Uh, big win for the Wolverines, so that was pretty exciting. I just wanted to say that. Oh, up thank top. you for that. Uh, yeah, I'm in a good mood today. But as for Tim Boyle, uh, obviously he's getting another start, yeah. so uh, that was not a total shock. I mean, Tim Boyle, he battled. He took a lot of hits. He was sacked seven times. He did the best he could under the circumstances. Obviously, it wasn't good enough. I mean, the Jets did not cross midfield until the fourth quarter. They didn't convert a third down until the fourth quarter. And so this offense is clearly got major, major issues at a number of spots. It's just not the quarterback. But they're going to roll with Tim Boyle again. And, uh, you know, what? A, I guess their other option is just Trevor Simeon. But at this point, I think in Robert Sala's eyes, there's a pretty big gap between Simeon and Tim Boyle. Rich, I was shocked by like their lack of creativity with with Boyle. Like you watch the Dolphins on offense, and they did so many things to make it easy on Tua to get the ball behind the line of scrimmage to Tua. Their run game was really well executed, and I feel like for all the things that the Jets don't have, they really never talk about what they do have: Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson. And I just thought we'd see maybe some direct snaps to Brees Hall, getting Garrett Wilson easy touches. Were you surprised that they didn't try to get more creative to get the ball to their playmakers? Well, I agree with you, Mike. I mean, it's just very predictable on offense. It just doesn't seem to be any, you know, like you say, any creativity. I watch the Dolphins on offense, and it's like they're playing downhill. When the Jets are on offense, it's like they're going up a steep hill. I mean, that's just the difference in the two of them. The Dolphins use so much motion. They're getting guys like the touchdown to uh, Tyreek Hill. He lines up in the backfield, and he gets matched up against the safety, Jordan Whitehead. I mean, so that's just a great design of a play to get Tyreek Hill matched up on a safety. And the Jets, you know, you know, Robert Sal has been asked several times in the last few weeks, are you are you going to stick with Paul, uh, not Paul Hackett, <laughs> been going back to the old days, Mike, uh, are you going to stick with Nathaniel Hackett, or are you going to change play callers? And up until right after the game on Friday night, he said, no, there's no consideration to changing play callers. And so they're sticking with Hackett. But, I mean, it is, I feel for the Jet fans, it's it's really hard to watch this team play offense. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up Nathaniel Hackett because you look back on last season, his his, his lack of success with the Denver Broncos got him fired Midway through the season, at that period of time, he had a quarterback in, um, in in Russell Wilson who was having one of his worst seasons ever. And you know he, they were worst in the red zone. They were worst on third down. And now you fast forward over to the next season when he has a new opportunity in the red. In the Jets are the last team in the red zone. And they're last or near last in third down conversions. And that's really what you judge quarterbacks on. That's what you judge coordinators on. And, you know, it just seems like it took a long time for there to be some blowback uh, back to the offensive coordinator. But the statistics don't lie. This guy has not performed well over the last two years with two different situations, uh, two different types of quarterbacks. Um, Would you be surprised if any moves made? Well, I would for the simple reason that, you know, we all know that Hackett has a very strong relationship with Aaron Rodgers, and I think the Jets have quite obviously, I'm not breaking any news here, catered everything around Aaron Rodgers going back to the offseason. So uh, the fact that he's still calling plays for the Jets does not surprise me. I think had this been, 
in a, a different situation, I think they probably would have changed play callers already. But, uh, you know, they got to try to uh, keep Rodgers happy. And so, to me, it's one of the fascinating questions that will be going into the offseason. You know, you know, do they just go ride with Hackett as their play caller uh, just to appease Rodgers? Or do they think about making a change? My guess is that they'll keep him as the play caller. Uh, when he had, you know, you know, they have a great relationship. And they were together in Green Bay for a couple of years, for three years, two of the years that Rodgers won MVP. But, you know, people forget. Mike LaFleur was calling the plays, uh, rather Matt LaFleur was calling the plays, not Nathaniel Hackett during those three-year stretches. So, it's look, it's got to get better. I mean, their offensive line, guys, I mean, as you know, they've started eight different combinations on the offensive line. They've started 12 different players, which is just astounding. So that obviously has factored into the play calling, but absolutely it has to get better. Yeah, although Rich, I got to tell you, like that 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 excuse, like I I just don't get it. Because let's go to the other side of the ball. The Miami Dolphins were missing both of their starting guards, and their left tackle missed most of the game, and they didn't miss a beat. So everybody's been hurt this time of year, and I think the Jet defense was so disappointing. You know, they talk about how great they want to be. I, I thought they were non-competitive. They gave up eleven third downs in the game. They let their backup running back, their third string running back, Jeff Wilson. Average 5.7 yards per carry. I just thought that Jet defense, who, you know, they purport themselves to be so good and great. Like, the best defenses I've been around, Rich, are the ones that say, hey, like, we'll meet in the parking lot, pregame, postgame, but the buck stops with us, and, and you're not going to be able to move the ball. And I know how bad the offense has been, but if you're a great defense, you don't give up 11 third downs. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's two weeks in a row the defense has basically disappointed against division rivals so it is alarming they can't use injuries as an excuse certainly i mean they got all their guys on defense this is their defense and granted they were going up against you know the top one or two offense in the league but yeah if you're great if you're a great defense like dj reed said in the preseason you know their goal is to be on the level of the 85 bears and you know, obviously, it goes without saying that they're not even close to that level, but this was far below the standard that they've set for themselves. And I know they're not happy about it. I'm sure there's a lot of frustration with the offense. But, you know, if, you're, if you are who you say you are, then you have to overcome that adversity. And wh- why, why do you think they've struggled on defense? Why is what? Why are they struggling? Why, why have they struggled on defense? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're not getting as much pass rush as you know and i know we look at the pressure stats and they are among the leaders in pressure percentage but they're not getting the quarterback down on the ground quinn williams look we know he's a really good player he's only got one and a half sacks this year i mean if you're getting paid a hundred million dollars you should have more than one and a half sacks and you know the corners have been you know they've been okay i just think the run defense is not nearly what it should be and you know and that's troublesome because you know they pride themselves on attacking the line of scrimmage and being a uh you know a penetrating type four three front and so they should be much better against the run and that's troubling and then the third down stat you mentioned this defense robert Sala preaches i mean that is that is like their the bedrock of their defensive philosophy is win on third down and they got crushed on third down friday and that's alarming as well yeah they've been crushed on third down they, they haven't been able to, to move the chains on offense 
on third down as well. But they have one answer in their backfield that they are underutilizing. Brees Hall was seven carries. That guy should be well-fed every game, especially with the struggles on offensive line. One thing we know most offensive linemen can do is go downhill and, and run block uh, much easier than pass blocking. Uh, why uh, the Giants are the same way? Why do they not want to just commit and say, "Hey, look, this is our guy. He's going to get thirty carries a game, and uh, and that's going to be that." Because that seems like a way to bring on a young Tim Boyle, allow him to just hand the ball off a little while, get, get his uh, get himself a little comfortable, and then you know take some chances off of that. But it seems like the running game for this uh, for the Jets should be much better than it is when you have a talented back like Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook backing them up. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I mean, they've been trying to get him the ball even in the passing game a little bit. Uh, Brees Hall I'm talking about. And uh, not not nearly good enough. Um, obviously, the game got out of hand. Um, I felt it was over at halftime. I don't know about you guys, but after that Hail Mary went for the pick six, I was like, uh, that that's it. This one's over. And, uh, and yeah, Brees Hall admitted after the game, I was, it was a pretty striking uh, press conference that he had. It was very self-reflective and very candid, admitting that, you know, he's making mistakes that he's never made before in his career, and he openly admitted that he's, he's pressing, he's trying to do too much. And Robert Sala basically said the same thing yesterday when we were talking to him about Brees Hall. Uh, I remember back in that Denver game when things seemed so bright for the Jets, they beat Denver on the road, and Brees Hall had 177 yards. Well, guys, in the six games since then, he's only got 180-something combined in wow. the six games since then. So he is uh, he's not the same running back. I think the message from Robert Sala yesterday was that he wants Brees to be more physical, to lower his shoulder, um, as he said, get the grimy yards instead of trying to bounce it outside and hit the home run, uh, just just get what's there. Even if it's two, three, four yards, just get that. And so basically he's saying they're running back to the slump, as, as is everybody else on offense. And what do you think about the quarterback situation, like just given how poorly Tim Boyle played and, you know, is it Trevor Simeon? Like what are your thoughts of what, what they should do? Mike, I asked Robert Sala after the game, I go, Trevor Simeon has a lot more experience than Boyle. Is there any thought to giving him a shot? And uh, he basically said, I'm not ready to go there yet. So <laughs> that tells me that, uh, you know, there's quite a gap between uh, on the depth chart between Boyle and Simeon. Simeon did arrive late. He did get here in late September, whereas Boyle has been in this system. This is his third year. So... I think any Jet fan who was expecting Tim Boyle to come in and spark the entire offense was just it was just delusional because this guy has never been successful at any level. Uh, you know, and even in college, uh, he struggled through his time at UConn. He went to Eastern Kentucky. You know, had you know an okay year, wasn't drafted. You know, has played very sporadically in the NFL. So you know, he's a good guy. He's a hard worker. He's extremely bright. His teammates like him, but you to expect the third-string quarterback to come in and all of a sudden ignite this offense is just is just way beyond reality. And so they're going to roll with it again. You know, they play Atlanta next week. Obviously not as nearly as good a team as Miami. They hope their defense can regain their identity and hope maybe they can get something going with the ground game. I will say something positive here, but 
this morning. I think they're hoping their offensive line gets a little healthier. Uh, I think Dwayne Brown will be uh, available to play next Sunday, this Sunday. He was dressed, but he did not play. It was actually the first time in his 17-year career that he was uh, a backup for a game. And uh, Makai Becton with that ankle sprain should be available to go next week. So they are getting a little bit healthier on the offensive line, it would appear. One yeah, other player that they have that really broke, had a breakout season last year was Garrett Wilson. He had seven catches for 44 yards, long of 11, but 6.3 per, per, uh, per catch. I mean, he's got to be frustrated uh, in a situation where he thought he was going to be this is going to be a star breakout season with Aaron Rodgers at the helm and some of the magic they've shown in the preseason. All of a sudden, he's got Tim Boyle, and it, those two are not the same. Uh, how is he, his mental approach to each and every game, knowing that uh, all that he's worked for in this offseason is pretty much you know, on the fourth play of the season when that Achilles went, his season went? Yeah. I mean, uh, they had a good thing going in training camp, Rodgers and Wilson. I remember on a few occasions, even you know, Rodgers kind of fueling the hype by saying how much Garrett reminded him of Devontae Adams. And, of course, that's like the highest compliment that Aaron Rodgers can give a wide receiver. And, you know, they seem to – you remember, remember that touchdown against the Giants in the preseason? You know, he threw that great fade, you know, back shoulder to, to Garrett Wilson in the corner of the end zone. He made that great catch. I mean, things seem so, you know, rosy and optimistic. And, yeah, he's frustrated. In fact, my one takeaway from the postgame locker room on Sunday was just seeing, uh, not at the same time, but in separate interviews, Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, two of the foundational players, two of their young stars, just stand, you know, basically at a loss to explain what's gone on. You know, we talked about Hall already and then Garrett Wilson stepping to the podium and just saying like I don't know what to say guys he goes I just I've run out of things to say so and it, it just struck me it's like these two guys you know brought so much of you know brightness and spirit to the offense and here they are just completely demoralized by what's gone on and, and it's just been uh, I don't blame them it's it's really hard it's frustrating for the offense well thank you for the uh thank you for that Insight into that locker well, that's a, that room was a, and what's that, going on in that's the, a really the cheery update. of the Jet organization. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Rich, for the interview. I, I apologize for the really cheery update this morning, but uh, <laughs> that's the reality of the situation. Sorry, guys. Hey, it is what it is. Uh, and that's the Rich Samini report brought to you by the engagement experts at London Jewelers. You can visit them at any of their seven locations, including Short Hills, or you can shop online. Uh, at LondonJewelers.com. Uh, we're going to take a quick break right now, but we're going to come back. Uh, we'll, we'll be rejoined by Anita Marks to wrap up the show here on 98.7 uh, ESPN New York. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. Uh, time for Fantasy Focus brought to you by MohegansunCasino.com. Uh, reports are Mac Jones going to get the start today for the Patriots. Um, also, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., game time decision, but reports is that he is more than likely going to give it a go and play tonight against the Chargers. Marquise Brown looks like he is going to be active for the Cardinals today. Also, uh, Pierce will be active for the Texans, so you get the one-two punch in that backfield with Pierce and Singletary. So uh, there's that. Kadarius Tony and Hardman, Miko Hardman, are out for Kansas City. So Rice should have a big role today in the passing offense for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, T. Higgins is out for Cincinnati. So Tyler Boyd uh, should have a bigger role as well. Uh, again, this is Update Fantasy Focus brought to you by MoheganSunCasino.com. Uh, app play Mohegan your favorite casino game now in the palm of your hand visit MoheganSunCasino.com must be 21 years or older to play help is available if you have a gambling problem you want to make sure you call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org so make sure you do all of that gentlemen we've got about 10 minutes left in the show before we uh, give our, our score predictions for the Giants and the Patriots, just out of curiosity, Ian Rappaport is saying that Aaron Rodgers is going to return to practice this week. What does that mean? Uh, only time will tell. Of course, you just spoke with Rich Samini. Um, you know, uh, Mike, let's start with you since, again, you've worn that GM hat. Obviously, this is a team that um, there's still a chance they can make it to the postseason, but, you know, do you next season to me seems the season that you really want to prepare for? There's talk and speculation that they're going to go after Devonte Adams. Uh, you know, obviously your expectation is that Aaron Rodgers is going to be healthy. Uh, do, do you really want Aaron Rodgers to play this season, or, or do you want to keep him in bubble wrap and get ready for next year as a general manager, Mike? What do you want to do? Yeah, I want to let him play. Um... Uh, I, I've been, I, you know, with that offensive line, um, I just wouldn't. Um, you want to protect him from himself. You don't want to have any setbacks. So, if I was them, I, I would, I would let him practice, but I would not put him back in the game. Amani, agree with that? Feel the yeah, same way? I just don't think I don't see the point in him coming back. Um, you know, he's, he's forty years old. You know, gonna be. You know, I, most human beings can't uh, <laughs> come back from a torn AC, uh, torn Achilles tendon, you know, in six to eight months, or not even that, maybe five, four or five months. I just feel like it's, I don't understand why he has pushed this narrative for so long that he can actually come back. I've seen athletes way more physically get, uh, talented than him take an entire year and some, and some to come back. I just don't see the, 
I, I think I don't know I don't know why he feels like he needs to be out there and everybody needs to constantly be talking about him because that's what it kind of seems like. He just can't just sit back and be like, okay, my time is over. He can help his teammates. I love what he's doing with that. That's a, that's great for him. But in terms of him actually coming back and competing, it just it's it's not even it's not even plausible. And that's what makes it so funny that people actually are taking him seriously. Again, it is New York game day. Um, let's uh, let's turn our attention to the game that is about to take place at 1 o'clock. Of course, the Giants going up against the Patriots, the Patriots in town. Giants home dog getting four and a half. Also, the over-under in this is 35 and a half. So uh, let's start with our game predictions. Amani, let's start with you. You got your finger on the pulse of this, this team better than most. Uh, what's your score and why? We're riding Tommy DeVito. Absolutely. Whoa. I think Tommy's. <laughs> Whoa. You already know it, Mike. You already know Whoa. it. <laughs> Come on. I feel I like, mean, uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I believe in touchdown Tommy DeVito. Uh, it's going to be, they're going to score 23 points today. And uh, I think you, when you look at the other Patriots team, they're really struggling. Uh, I don't think I don't think much of Mac Jones, as you know, ten interceptions, ten touchdowns. You know, he's just a turnover waiting to happen. I'm gonna say they're gonna score ten points. So twenty three ten Giants over the New England Patriots. Whoa! Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike, what say you? What's your score prediction and why? I go fourteen ten Patriots. Low scoring game. Um, I think Mac Jones not playing well. He's still a better quarterback than Tommy DeVito. Uh, I'm going Patriots here as well. I'm going Patriots 17, Giants 13. I don't think it really matters who's starting at quarterback. Um, you know, I, I think I think they're both going to just be game managers. I think they're going to run the football a lot with Stevenson. Uh, this is a Giants defense. They're 31st against the run. And, uh, and, and I think the Patriots are going to be able to put up some yards against them, especially rested coming in. Uh, and, of course, I, I think, you know, Bill Belichick is going to have this defense ready for DeVito. So, uh, so for all those reasons, I'm going Patriots 13, Giants 13. So I say Patriots, Mike says Patriots, and Amani says Giants today. Uh, let's take a call. Shocking. We've got about Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. Let's take a call. We've got about four minutes four minutes left in in the show. Let's go to Hector in Queens. Hector, welcome in. Good afternoon. Or good good morning. Almost the afternoon. (laughs) Good morning. Good afternoon. Everything there is to be. Um hey, Amani, congratulations. I'm a huge Buckeye fan. I hate you, but congratulations. (laughs) Um and um okay, so my question was if the Jets keep on losing and they find themselves with a top ten selection, are is it is it irresponsible of them to not take a quarterback or they go with offensive linemen, which I think they could easily get in the free agency class. And yeah, that's really my question. And thank you guys. Mike? You guys are great. I love it. I love you, Anita. Goodbye. No, oh, thank you, Hector. You know really appreciate that. Anita, huh? Okay. All right. That's cool. <laughs> my feelings aren't hurt. My feel bads aren't hurt. That's okay. <laughs> Mike, your, your, your thoughts on th- this really is a question more your wheelhouse, my friend. Yeah, I would say go young draft the next guy, you know, you got Daniel Jones, one more year of, guaranteed money um but if i'm the giants i'm going young and i'm looking to draft a quarterback yeah i'm, I'm the same way I, you just can't, you just can't 
after seeing how dramatic a quarterback can change the whole organization, if you get the right guy, it's like lightning in a bottle. Look at what happened to the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, look what happened to the Miami Dolphins. Look what happened to some of these. Look at the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, these teams are built around the Josh Allen up in the, the, um, in Buffalo. That boost, there's no other position that can give you that boost so quickly if you get it right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I, I think you guys know how I feel about Drake May. Um, I, I think there's a number of, of quarterbacks that are coming out this year that are, are going to be quite serviceable. And look, look at we talked about it earlier in the show, right? Like quarterback play is just it's just not good right now. It really and, isn't. Um, I mean, it's just, it's really, it's just, it's, it's worse than bad. I mean, the worst that I've seen it in, in years. So uh, really, really interesting uh, to see what's going to happen. I think this is going to be a really exciting NFL draft. And I think quite a few, uh, Mike, would you, would, would you assume that um, more, you think more quarterbacks are going to go in the first round of this year's NFL draft than we've seen in a while? Yeah, I, indeed. I totally agree with that. Um, I'd be surprised if it wasn't now. I think it'll take a while to sort itself out. Like, you know, Michael Penix has had an unbelievable year, but he's had uh, a ton of injuries. And, um, you know, he'll go high, but, you know, there's some concerns there. And then uh, Bo Nix, like, very productive, not a great arm. But I think guys like Quinn Ewers will go in the first round, certainly J.J. McCarthy. And then, you know, Shadour Sanders comes out, Deion Sun, Like, he is a phenomenal player. I think he'd be a top 10 pick as well. Now, don't know if he's going to come out. So, But I do think there'll be a ton of quarterbacks. Yeah. J.J. McCarthy uh, gentlemen, is, was the difference in the house. They, 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 some of the oh, throws that he's made were just... Okay. All right. Right there. This is New York Game Day, presented by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Infinity. Discover more about the luxury and performance of an Xfinity QX60 crossover at XfinityUSA.com or visit your local Infinity dealer today. And by the engagement experts at London Jewelers. Visit them at any of their seven locations, including Short Hills, or shop online at LondonJewelers.com.